With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Gamecock Central Radio. It's Emerson Phillips joined by Scott Davis, our columnist from Gamecock Central. And Scott's column this week is up on the website. Three and out of answers is the headline this week. Scott, an interesting uh, headline to your column this week. Gamecock football keeping you up at night, Scott. (laughs) No doubt about it. This week was uh, another tough one. Um, I I really felt like the Gamecocks had an opportunity to win this football game, and Unfortunately, for whatever reason, as I was sitting there watching in the fourth quarter, I just didn't believe they were going to. I have to be honest. Uh, I, I wasn't feeling like somebody was going to step up and make a play on offense, and they didn't. And Unfortunately, the defense at that point had just been on the field for most of the entire evening and, and finally began to succumb to constantly having to get back out there. At one point, as I write in the column, with the game literally on the line, South Carolina leading by 10 in the second half, the Gamecocks went three and out four consecutive possessions, and that's just how you get beat on the road in the SEC. Yeah, the defense was tired at that point. There's been a lot of talk about that early in the week here. In the aftermath of the Gamecocks' loss to Texas A&M, Scott, why do you suppose, that with even though the Gamecocks had a 10-point lead, you had a sneaking suspicion that the Aggies would come back? You just didn't feel like Carolina would win. Why do you suppose that is? Well, I just, uh, having watched this offense this year, particularly without Debo Samuel, there just isn't a lot of big playability there. Um if they can't get the running game going, it gets hard for them to open up the passing game. So at that point, they're, they seem to be struggling to, to do anything very well. And, of course, the offensive line, as we all, all know, excuse me, has uh, struggled this year. Even when fully healthy, they're not a unit that's just going to go out there and uh, pave the way for you to grind away at first downs and chew up the clock. That's just not who they are. South Carolina, really, uh, they're, the, the thing they seem to do best on offense is those kind of intermediate passes over the middle for about 10, 15 yards. And the other night, late in the game, there just simply was no time for Jake Bentley to look for those kinds of routes. He just um, he didn't have five seconds to take uh, five or six steps and drop back and look for that. And when they can't do that, there's not a whole lot they can do very well on offense. And so that's why I just didn't have a great feeling 
about them coming up with a big play there at the end of the game, even though they were facing a defense that, quite honestly, is not very good. So I think going forward, I'm not really sure what their identity is offensively. Yeah, the Gamecock offense looked pretty good through the first two games of the season, but ever since Debo Samuel went down, the Gamecocks have lacked identity on offense. Scott, you know, they've, they've hit some big plays here and there, but there's been no consistency, and we just don't know uh, who the Gamecocks go to when they need a big play right now. Yeah, we really don't. I, it, you know, even when Jake Bentley has time to throw the ball, which is not all that often right now, he has not been a guy that's been very accurate this season. Um, he's A lot of balls seem to be sailing on him. Uh, he's throwing the ball high quite often, um, just missing some targets. But, of course, not having a lot of time to set up a play has certainly something to do with that. But, but they're just not clicking offensively right now. And I think, you know, if you look at it, the inability to run the football at all, and, and they can't do it right now, seems to be the the root cause of all of their struggles. If they can't run the ball, as I said earlier, they can't uh, set up the pass. They find themselves facing third and nine and third and eight all too often, and they're just not converting those kinds of uh, plays right now. So where they go from here, what they try to do, uh, gosh, I really don't know. And I guess we'll begin to find out the answer this Saturday against Arkansas. Scott, you say the Gamecock offense this year is like the movie Mulholland Drive. You just couldn't <laughs> explain it to somebody in a sentence or two. <laughs> yeah, you know, and the thing about it is with that movie, I can't explain it, but I feel like I understand it. With the uh, Gamecock offense, I can neither explain it nor do I feel like I understand it. So um, that's that's a real problem. I, I don't. I, I think they want to be a team that runs the ball and chews up the clock, and I think they found that that just simply isn't going to happen in 2017. And now they're not real sure where to go from here. As I mentioned in the column, those first two games they scored a lot of points, but if you really look at it. It's not like those were dominant offensive performances by any stretch of the imagination, particularly that NC State game. They only had like 250-something yards of total offense, which usually is a, a number that's going to result in a defeat for you. And the time of possession battle, they lost by a whopping margin. The defense was on the field almost, it seemed like about 70 or 75% of that game. So, that was not a great offensive performance from South Carolina. You had a kickoff return for a touchdown by Debo Samuel. You had a kind of broken play in which Jake Mentley hurled a prayer into the end zone, and Debo Samuel once again just made an incredible play on that ball. So without him available, they've really become a very ordinary unit offensively. Scott Davis is our columnist here on Gamecock Central, and we're talking about his column this week that's up on the website. We encourage you to check it out. Three and out of answers is the headline this week. Scott, uh, Debo Samuel, large pepperoni pizza game balls of the week is a staple of your column every week. And we'll start this week with a couple of freshman receivers, the Smiths. Shy mm -hmm. from Union, Ortray from Mount Pleasant. Caught two touchdown passes on Saturday night. Those were two uh, of the bigger names from South Carolina's recruiting class this year, and they have, you know, made a, an early impact and 
quite frankly, they're going to need to make even more of one with Debo Samuel gone. You know, we talked last week about how Brian Edwards had stepped up in, in Samuel's absence, and these two guys are trying to do the same, and South Carolina really needs them to continue to come on as they have. They, you know, they're big targets, they're fast, uh, they catch the ball well, and hopefully they'll continue to be a big part of the game plan because the Gamecocks really, really desperately need any playmakers they can find on offense, and hopefully these two guys will be that. On defense, Scott, another freshman had his best game so far as a Gamecock, and that's Jam Williams. Yeah, he he made a lot of tackles, had a couple for loss. And um, earlier this season, there were a couple of times when in coverage he, he really did struggle a little bit to – uh, contain you know the the receivers that were being thrown at him, but that did not happen Saturday night. He had a very solid game, his best in the Gamecock uniform, and the defense as a whole really played well enough for South Carolina to win. But unfortunately, when you only score 17 points on the road, you just aren't going to win too many games in the SEC. And South Carolina now three consecutive weeks they scored 16 against Kentucky. 17 against Louisiana Tech and needed last-minute heroics to get there. Uh, and then 17 against Texas A&M, and that's just not going to get it done in this day and age of college football. Scott, the scene involving uh, Terry Gujer was disconcerting, to say the least, but uh, luckily a happy ending. Yes, it did, and, and that, that was scary. And any time that happens – on a football field, it seems like about once a year you see a scene like that when you're watching a game and, and every time you're just praying to see some kind of movement, you know, some kind of flicker where we know that uh, the the injured person is going to be okay. For a long time, Gujar was really just not, he didn't appear to be moving. So uh, he, he gave the crowd a thumbs up on his way out of the stadium which was a good sign. Unfortunately, we learned after the game he was up and about, moving around, even actually returned to the game and was in the locker room. So hopefully going forward he's going to be okay, but those are always scary. Plenty of deflated balls to hand out this week as well, and we'll start with the inconsistency of the Gamecock offense. Well, it was just a lot of three and outs. I mean, they started the game with a series of three and outs, and they ended the game with, a series of three and outs. Um, the beginning of the game, you know, couldn't get anything going for a while, and then they fortunately pick up a fumble at the 29-yard line. They need to pick up a mere couple of first downs, and they're in the end zone, and they couldn't do it. <laughs> and then they missed a field goal. And that kind of sums up where South Carolina's been on offense for most of 2017. They just... uh there's no consistency. They do look good at times, as we saw. You know, Jake ben- Bentley had a, a fantastic second quarter, um, and I still believe there are a lot of weapons on that side of the ball. I felt like during uh, the August practices, as I noted in the column, you know, we kept hearing over and over again that South Carolina was fairly loaded on offense, and that seemed to be the side of the ball that most folks were excited about. The hope was that they could score enough points to win games because the feeling was that the defense was inexperienced and young and would struggle this year. And that hasn't been the case. They played well enough defensively to win every game 
that they played this year, and uh, unfortunately, they're three and two. Scott, you're from Greenville originally. You grew up around Clemson fans, and you have recently moved to Atlanta, and you're now surrounded by Georgia Bulldog fans. And you give yourself a deflated ball this week for having an unbelievable knack for living around insufferable fans right as they're at their most insufferable. I am uh, – <laughs> if, if we're going to talk about a particular talent that I have, for some reason it is to live amongst – college football's most evil, villainous fans. And right now, Georgia fans, Georgia last winning a national championship in 1980, which was 37 years ago, um, they really are feeling extremely good about themselves. And look, I would too. I mean, these last two games have been thorough beatings. They beat Mississippi State 31-3. Went up to Knoxville and just dismantled the Vols, who looked like a very bad football team on Saturday, and beat them 41 to nothing. And so right now they're uh, riding high. And, and this typically, in the last 15 years or so, has been when Georgia experienced some kind of um, loss that just decimated their season. And to be quite honest, I'd love to see that happen because it's getting. Uh, it's getting very loud here in Bulldog Nation, just as it is in Greenville, South Carolina, around Clemson Nation, a team that unfortunately looks like it's poised to win yet another national championship. So this is shaping up to be probably the most disappointing period of my fanhood as a human being. We'll try to get through it together. Well, the good news is that you think you found a solution, Scott, contemplating a move to Hawaii? <laughs> I think that's the only solution. I just don't know where I need to go to escape uh, teams of South Carolina, fans of teams that South Carolina plays every year on an annual basis who are experiencing a renaissance. And so I can't go back home to Greenville on the weekends. That's not working. And now Atlanta's not working either. I thought I had a solution here because Clemson's not that big of a deal here and when they won the national championship, I woke up the next day and was not assaulted by orange car flags everywhere like I would have been in Greenville. But if Georgia is going to think about working its way into the playoff, I'm going to have problems here as well. So I'm just going to have to get far, far away, I think. While the loss to Texas A&M was not pleasant, it was not excruciating, Scott. This was not the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl. I didn't think so. I saw a lot of remarks to that um, suggesting that that was the case, that this was a devastating loss for South Carolina, and it didn't seem that way to me. I felt really for most of that second half that they were going to lose the game. They didn't appear to have any interest in moving the football forward, and you knew that if that defense was going to have to stay out there time and time and time again, which they did, that eventually Texas A&M was just going to wear them down and and put some points on the board, and that's what happened. They didn't light up the scoreboard by any stretch of the imagination, but they did what they had to do to win, and I felt like that was seemed to be very apparent for most of the second half. And not only that, they actually took the lead with quite a long time left to go in the fourth quarter, and South Carolina just couldn't do anything um, to get back into the football game offensively. So... I just didn't, it wasn't to me like somebody tossed a Hail Mary as time expired and 
Um, the Gamecocks lost a hard-fought game they should have won. Um, I felt like they probably deserved to lose that game, and they did. Seven sacks allowed by the Gamecocks. That gets a deflated ball this week. I don't think there's much need to expound on that, Scott. Uh, but you, you hand out deflated balls a week in advance. I like this, Scott. This is something new. You're looking ahead to the Arkansas <laughs> game and telling people do not expect the atmosphere to be electric at Williams-Brice. And anybody who complains about it already gets a deflated ball. Yeah, I think we need to go ahead and expect Williams-Brice Stadium is not going to be rocking and rolling on Saturday. It's a 4 o'clock kickoff, I believe. It'll be hot. and um, South Carolina's last three games have included losing at home to Kentucky and what I believe was probably the most disappointing loss for South Carolina in the last 10 years or so, and then barely beating Louisiana Tech and being mighty fortunate to do it at home and then losing on the road to Texas A&M in a game that you led in the first half and part of the second half and could have won with any semblance of offensive play in the second half and didn't. So I wouldn't imagine that Gamecock Nation is going to be ecstatic or exuberant or overjoyed when they enter Williams-Brice Stadium on Saturday, and it's hard to blame them. This season had started with such tremendous promise with a win in Charlotte, then on the road in the SEC against Missouri. You come home to a truly tremendous atmosphere for Kentucky, and it's really just been all downhill from there, and so... I wouldn't expect uh, fireworks in Williams-Brice Stadium on Saturday, and I I don't think that that is outrageous for the Gamecock fan base. Scott, try to relax this week, man. Enjoy the ball game. No deep thinking this week, okay? <laughs> That's what we're going to do. We're just going to watch it and let it happen and um, try to turn off uh, the thinking machine in uh, the brain, and uh, whatever happens, happens, and we'll keep going and keep going for the Gamecocks. Scotty, we appreciate you and enjoy your work. Thanks, brother. Thanks very much. Talk to you later. Scott Davis, Gamecock Central columnist. His headline this week, three and out of answers. Talking Gamecock football. And for Scott Davis, I'm Emerson Phillips. Thanks for being with us on Gamecock Central Radio. ¿No se merece tu familia lo mejor? Entonces, ¿por qué no los mejores huevos? Ahora, Egglands Best están disponibles en deliciosas opciones. Huevos clásicos de gallina libre de jaula y orgánicos de Egglands, que ofrecen un sabor más delicioso y fresco de granja, que le encantará a tu familia. En comparación con los huevos ordinarios, Egglands Best contiene la mejor nutrición como 6 veces más vitamina D, 10 veces más vitamina E y el doble de omega 3 y B12. Solo Egglands Best. Mejor sabor, mejor nutrición, mejores huevos. Visita egglandsbest.com para más información. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.